Welcome to the Oracle. This is a podcast where you will hear innovative and curious minds. Together, we will explore what makes a difference in cities, homes, and for the planet at large. The Oracle is produced by Monk Studios in collaboration with IKEA. Time to meet this episode's Oracle. Gitanjali Rao is a young scientist and tech inventor. And when I say young, I do mean young. And yet, she's already accomplished more than most can aspire to do in a lifetime. She's come up with several groundbreaking inventions, held three TED Talks, and been on the cover of Time magazine as their first ever Kid of the Year. But today, she's going to talk about something else. Something she believes is our most important step to take in order to secure a better and much more sustainable time ahead for everyone and especially for this current young generation. Let's start in the future. It's 7.30 a.m. June 1st, 2050. Time to wake up, Elle. It's a beautiful day outside. A young girl called Elle wakes up. Time to get ready for school, her mom calls. And after a quick breakfast, she heads out. Her steps are fast and light, filled with excitement for what the day is going to hold. To her, there is nothing better in the world than school. After getting out of her electric bus commute, she rushes through the hallways and swings open the classroom door. And this is when I see her for the first time this day. She's been in my class since the beginning of the year. And it's really been a delight to watch her grow more every day and turning into a free-thinking, problem-solving young adult. And the fact that she's attending a public school has made no difference in her ability to reach her potential since the new and reformed education system was established. In fact, she's been learning to think this way ever since kindergarten, to look at the world and see possible solutions instead of problems and obstacles, and to not be afraid of failure. Instead of worrying what a failed project does to her grades, She's learned to use it as a building block to help figure out how to solve the puzzle at hand. Even though this form of education is now the norm, it never fails to bring a smile to my face when I see the excitement of the kids for a class such as today's. We've left the classroom and gone to a nearby park to check out the water quality of the pond, comparing it to previous year's samples and studying the current pollution rate. It's been dropping steadily for more than a decade now. It's wonderful to see Elle contribute to the group and how naturally she finds her place here. And of course, it helps that even though the focus of the classes is on STEM education, science, tech, engineering, and math, there's still a balance between the genders and the class consists an equal number of girls and boys. And she really thrives in this environment. And it's clear that she is excellent at what she's doing. She's prepared for whatever problem might come her way because she believes in herself and her highly trained problem-solving skills. She's ready for life, for the future, for the world. Today, I'm going to talk about education. Because to me, there's nothing more important to our future than that. I really wish that girl in the opening story was a young version of me. 
But sadly, a lot of what I encountered during my younger school years was quite different from her experience. In fact, for a lot of the time, it was the exact opposite. I remember my seventh grade science class. Today, my main field is science, and I have an endless passion and love for it. But one thing's for sure, it was not because of that class. I remember one lesson when we were talking about the cell cycle, and we were just sitting there looking at a board for the longest time. It was literally just sitting down and taking notes. And the class was 90 minutes long, but it felt as if a whole week had passed when it was finally over. It was so boring and uninspiring. It almost made me hate science. That's how bad it was. This is the reality for so many students across the world, and it has been for so long. We can't afford to waste brilliant minds on mundane tasks if we're going to stand a chance at creating real change. We can't afford to turn students into carbon copies of each other, one version of the same robot, not prepared for the future at hand. And perhaps even more important, not prepared to do what needs to be done right now in order to even have a future. But I'm feeling optimistic and I'll tell you why. As you've probably guessed by now, education is something I'm very passionate about. But I also like getting rid of stereotypes in the field where I do most of my work, science and technology. So let's try something here. Picture a scientist. Go on, take a few moments. Can you picture your scientist? Good. I'm guessing it's someone in a white lab coat, right? That's probably pretty much a given. But I'm also fairly sure that most of you also pictured a man. Probably old and most definitely white. By the sound of my voice, you probably figured out already that I'm not an old white guy. But allow me to challenge that trite old image even more by properly introducing myself. My name is Gitanjali Rao. I'm 15 years old. I'm a girl. I'm a junior in high school in Denver, Colorado. And I invented a device that could potentially save over a million lives every year. Oh, and I did it in the seventh grade when I was 12 years old. Let me tell you about how that happened and how it ties together with my strong opinions about education and why I think it's our most important obstacle to overcome in order to create a better future for everyone. Perhaps it's best to start at the beginning because for me, there was one moment that really sparked things into life. It's November 2009 and it's my birthday. Granted, my memories of this are a little bit foggy because I'm turning four years old. However, a few things are still crystal clear. For instance, I remember the cake very well. It was pretty good. But one thing really stands out, and as it turns out, was something that was going to change my life forever. The gift for my uncle. I remember carefully removing the string tied around it and slowly unwrapping the paper. And soon it was revealed. The most amazing thing I had ever seen in my life. A science kit. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was the coolest thing ever. And I used to play with it every single day for the longest time. And I think I got through the whole box in one day and kept going with it and did the same 20 experiments again and again and again. It was such a vivid moment for me. And really when everything started to make sense to me. I know, at the ripe old age of four. 
but that's how powerful the right type of impact can have on a young person. This is why I think it's imperative to start at an early age. If we begin to create a pattern of problem solving and experimental thinking as early as kindergarten, we have a real shot at lifting the veil and making young minds understand that they are capable of amazing things. Just look at what encountering that mindset early on did for me. And it's not like I'm some sort of genius, really. So much is just about realizing that there really are no limits to what we can achieve if we're given the right circumstances. My love for science has been pretty much lifelong. And yet when I got to school, something happened. Remember that science class from seventh grade? That love of science almost died right there in that classroom. And for a while, I was seriously considering that it wasn't for me and that I should find some other interest. So what's wrong with that picture? Well, a lot, obviously. How can a young girl's passion for something be shut down so brutally and leave her to question her core belief that she is someone who loves science and technology more than anything? And to me, the answer is easy. I'm not the problem here. What needs to change and change fast is the education system. I know my uncle thought about giving me that science kit for the longest time. And I think what he wanted to do was just to expose me to more things out there and broaden my world. He wanted to be the driving force for me to be an innovator for me to be a change maker and someone that solves world problems. And I am forever thankful for that. And to me, it's crazy that this isn't also the goal for the education system. If we can put the tools in the hands of children at a young age, there's no telling what we can accomplish. And again, I'd like to use myself as an example of just that. Because at the end of that long and boring science class, sorry to my teacher, There was eventually a light at the end of the tunnel. I first began thinking of it in 2015, when I was 10. I'd hear about a terrible scandal on the news. It's a public health crisis of massive proportions. The story came from the town Flint, about an hour's drive north of Detroit, Michigan. And reports had started coming in of people losing their hair after showering, getting rashes on their bodies, and some even throwing up after drinking the town's tap water. And despite assurances from the local authorities that everything was fine, it soon became clear that everything was absolutely not. Doctors started reporting alarming levels of lead in blood samples, and not long after the whole thing blew up all over the news. This morning, the city of Flint, Michigan, is in a state of emergency. Flint's tap water laced with dangerous levels of lead. The state knew about it and did nothing. The local government had switched the town's main water supply without making the necessary improvements needed to the town's water system, resulting in lead being released into the daily drinking water of more than 100,000 people. And the town is still suffering from the effects of this and one group in particular was paying the price. There are 200 children under the age of six in Flint with elevated blood levels. 9,000 children have been exposed. See, children's bodies absorb lead to a much higher degree than adults, and the effects of lead poisoning are far bigger for them. And this not only sparked my interest, but it enraged me. How can someone be so ignorant of people's health, and especially children, to just ignore this? And why is there no easy way for people affected by similar problems to check their water and know for sure whether it's infected or not? 
Access to clean drinking water is a right that everyone should have. And this was probably the first time that my uncle's plan to make me feel like I should have the power to influence the world around me came into play. I started to think about how I could actually help people in that situation. And after a lot of thinking and browsing and reading through MIT websites looking for useful research, I had an idea. I knew I wanted something that was affordable, easy to use, and reliable. And that's when I came up with my first big invention, Tethys. Named after the Greek goddess of clean water, Tethys is a device that can check the lead levels in your drinking water by connecting via Bluetooth and showing you your test results almost instantaneously on your smartphone. I decided to apply for a big science fair. Nervous days followed, and when I got the call announcing that I had won, I can honestly say it was one of the happiest and most important days of my life. Picture an ecstatic 12-year-old jumping up and down, and you pretty much get the idea. The invention got a lot of attention worldwide, and I'm obviously super proud of it. The day I presented it for the fair was amazing, and it was an adrenaline rush of recognizing that this is something that I built all by myself. But here's the important part. I think the real development started to happen when I, as part of the price, got to work with a mentor for three months. And just like my uncle had given me a path to follow, and together with my parents, showed me what was possible for someone like me. The mentorship during my work with Tethys was equally important. And looking around me, I saw so many students in need of something similar. And that brings me to my next step. The rural parts of Wyoming is a beautiful place. The landscape is dramatic and endless views stretched on for miles over flowing fields and high snow-covered mountaintops. And a wide range of wildlife from elk and bison to bears and wolves roam the vast plains and forests. But it's perhaps not somewhere you'd think of as a place for innovative education, right? Wrong. Around 2019, I decided to add something to my inventing side to help inspire even more people to become world problem solvers themselves. My innovation workshops. To date, these workshops have reached more than 49,000 students over four continents, and each one is more inspiring than the next. And a class that I held in a pretty recluse part of Wyoming is one example that stands out. At the beginning of the semester, these were kids that didn't particularly like science, maybe didn't know how to code or program robotics. And I bet a lot of them had been in a similar surrounding to my seventh grade science class and said, this might not be for me. But when given a place to start, a place to develop these thoughts, amazing things started to happen. By the end of the semester, they had a whole bunch of inventions, including a robotic dog for nursing homes and one kid who had programmed his very own version of Pokemon Go. But instead of trying to catch them all, the goal was to collect and recycle as much litter in nature as possible. Pretty smart, right? And they all came from one problem they wanted to solve. Whether it was helping to reduce loneliness among elderly people or cleaning up the environment, having that one thing to focus on really makes it possible to find your own way of dealing with problems we face in the world. All of this was done without anyone taking a single test or getting a single grade along the way. All that becomes unnecessary when the actual results start speaking for themselves. And this is what I try to teach kids in my workshops. 
Start by observing the world. What problem do you want to solve? After that, you brainstorm. What ways are there to tackle the problem? Next, do some research. Try to narrow down your ideas and decide which ones you want to pursue. Once that's done, it's time to start building, like actually making the thing you want to. And last but not least, communicate. Tell the world what you've done. This way, we inspire each other to not only try to find solutions for ourselves, but also help each other become better at finding these solutions. And for me, it is absolutely critical that we incorporate innovation in the early curriculum. For us to be able to reach a sustainable future, both environmentally and collectively as human beings, it's essential that we let young people put their minds to good use and long for education and learning new stuff. That passion is the critical fuel that's going to help us power through the many challenges we'll face in the world. And it's the fuel that's going to save mankind from a much more dire and bleak looking future. That science kit from my uncle obviously changed my life forever. But what it also did was push me even more towards my fairly simple passion, to literally put a smile on someone's face every single day. And that's really more than anything that brought me to the place where I am right now. I want to bring positive change to the world. And I know that there are so many others out there that can do the same thing. I'm more than willing to put myself out there and say, hey, I'm using science as my tool to solve community problems and I want this for everyone. Young kids have always seen the world through a different perspective. And my hope is that our generation's scientists won't be old gray men in lab coats. They'll be young superheroes with innovative and brilliant minds as their tools for helping the world. And if I can inspire just a handful of them and hopefully inspire the people in charge of our education system to take positive problem-solving actions, well then, my work here is done. In conclusion, I don't want the education system to change for my sake. I want it to change for our sake. The hurdles we face in the world right now might look too daunting and impossible to overcome to someone with a more traditional way of looking at problem solving. Our generation is growing up in a place where we're facing challenges that have never existed before, and that needs all of us to take them on. That's why we need someone like Elle from the beginning of the episode, a mind that can come up with unconventional solutions where the older ways have failed. And I believe in her. And I believe in this current young generation. And if there's one thing I've learned about this generation, it's that we're hot-headed in a good way. We put our mind to something and we get it done. And that's why it makes it very exciting to innovate and solve world problems. Because we all have ideas and we all want to change the world for the better. We just need to find that starting point. And with the right type of education and inspiration at an early age, I know we will. I said I was optimistic, and now you know why. You've listened to The Oracle, a podcast produced by Munch Studios in collaboration with IKEA for the International City Expo H22 in Helsingborg, Sweden, 2022. More information on all the episodes can be found on h22.ikea.com or wherever you get your podcasts.